All right, what's up, everybody? Aria Masudi and Brett Nevitt as we talk some FSU baseball here on Sunday. Golds, the Knolls went 2-1 and one on opening weekend. Um, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the Saturday game, I and mean, we did that in the instant reaction pod that uh, over 300 of you listened to. Uh, we are really thankful for that, and um, good time to probably remind you that we're on Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Pods. Please give us five stars. Um, please leave us a, a review if you can. Share this with your friends. And um, let's uh, get through FSU baseball season with uh, the only FSU baseball podcast. I want to thank Madison Social for being a partner with us. Um, we have some uh, pretty cool Sunday Gold shirts that are available for purchase. Um, a portion of that actually comes back to this podcast to help us be able to um, do some different things. And uh, we are thankful for Madison Social. You can get those at um, madisonsocial.com uh, slash Sunday dash golds. Um, so please help us out. And, uh, the Knowles are now two and one, uh, disappointing Friday, uh, Saturday, uh, game one where they, uh, the, uh, Ospreys, I almost called them the owls. The Ospreys did a, a nice job of taking advantage. And again, we talked about that in the, uh, instant react, but Brett, uh, then came Sunday, Florida state put on the Sunday gold uniforms and, uh, they swept UNF, which is something that we both said we wanted to see and, uh, was a sign that, uh, a, a, a decent roster should be able to beat UNF and they did. Yeah, it was good to see the response, especially after, you know, getting down 2-0 early in the first game. Um, you know, made a bad error, didn't want to see that. But it was just good to see them bounce back quickly and take the lead right back quickly. Um, you know, Reese puts a big swing on the ball, um, lets out a yell to the dugout, and just seemed to put them all into gear, kick the whole team into gear. And, you know, after that, you go put up two crooked numbers after that as well. So, you know, they just kicked it back into gear quickly. Um, you know, we're probably going to talk about this soon, but, you know, just – the only thing we didn't really like from that that Sunday was just the walks from the pitching staff. Yeah, so Florida State wins 14-7 to in a game that really wasn't even that close. Florida State had that game pretty much done by uh, O'Canada in the fifth inning. Um, and then game two, a bit closer, but Florida State almost uh, came out and, and blew out UNF again. They had six runs after the bottom of the fifth. Give the Owls, some, uh, the Owls, the Ospreys some credit. They did a, a nice job of, of battling back into that one. Florida State wins 8-4. to four. Brett, uh, we had a, an interesting situation there, though, at the end. Um, Mike Martin Jr., I guess the players had mentioned to him that the bat that the uh, Ospreys were using was illegal, and Florida State busted out in the ninth inning of a rubber match. First off, that's good coaching. I think you and I talked about this before we hit record. That's brilliant, by the way, um, for him to have that. And it made a difference because UNF had had runners on. They were making a, a small comeback, and uh, it ended up pretty much taking the wind out of their sails. But what did you make of that situation? Because I have never actually seen that happen in the middle of a game that turns into an out being recorded. Yeah, I knew there was something going on for sure when Meat walked out with a, you know, a book about four times the size of a Bible out to the umpires. And, you know, as soon as the play kind of happened, me kind of just walked out, stood next to the baseline and said, you know, whenever you got time, come over here and give me, and give me, let's just chat a little bit. Um, from my understanding, um, that was a book that was basically just the bats that are allowed and bats that are prohibited, prohibited um, from college baseball. So, um, you know, Florida state kind of all weekend knew about that bat. It wasn't just that it popped up in that last inning, um, you know, Meat said that they ca- kind of kept in the back pocket. It was a bat that those guys, that Florida State guys used to use before it was banned. Um, you know, the bat had a white barrel, so that's why it was banned. Um, you know, 
I had a few UNF players in my mentions and stuff on Twitter talking about, um, you know, I'm sure meet made senior proud, um, you know, some of this other stuff we'll see in a regional. Well, UNF's never made a regional, um, so good luck to them. But also, <laughs> you know, a bat can, from what I understand from looking at the rules and stuff, a bat can pass the testing um, and get the sticker if it passed the calibration test and the ring test. Um, you know, it also is very easy for a team to st- slap a sticker on there. So to me, it's just, you know, UNF, just know the rules. Don't use a primarily white-barreled uh, bat. It's not that hard. Um, so, you know, and the other thing is meat has nothing to do with the bat checks. That's just something that a Florida State representative is there. Um, you know, a new UNF representative is there. Um, it's not something that they set up for them. It's just something that happened, and, you know, Florida State took advantage of the right time. Yeah, and so FSU wins 8-4 to four in the rubber match, and... Uh, win the weekend two to one. Um, I know there are a lot of people that were disappointed about opening day. I mean, I was disappointed about opening day. I know you were too, Brett. But UNF's not a bad team. I mean, there's there's a difference between who some of the other people in the country played this weekend. I mean, we went through the schedule, didn't we, and, and saw a, a numerous amount of upsets. Yeah, well, the other thing was just – UNF was a really experienced team. I think their entire lineup was seniors or juniors. We didn't see many newcomers in the, in, on the pitching staff either. Um, you know, defensively was a question for them coming in, especially based off last year. But I thought they were extremely clean defensively um, the whole weekend. You know, they took away some hits too. I um, mean, you know, they robbed a homer. There were some good plays up the middle by Sakara at shortstop. So I just th- thought all around they had a clean weekend, and they really made Florida State work for what they got. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams in the top 25 that fell this weekend. I mean, I think only five or six teams in the top 25 ended up sweeping a three-game series. I mean, you saw Florida lose. Um, you saw UCLA lose their series. Top three teams all lost their series. Um, UC Santa Barbara's top 10 team that loses to Santa Clara one game. Virginia lost a game to UConn. Uh, Georgia Tech lost a game to Eastern Kentucky. Wake Forest lost a game to Northeastern. You just go down down the line. A lot of teams lost. West Virginia lost a game 20-4 to to Georgia State, and somehow they're still ranked ahead of Florida State. So, you know, the rankings are what they are this early in the season. Um, but, you know, that just shows that, you know, it's early in the season. Teams are still getting back routines, especially after almost a year off. So there's definitely things to take away from opening weekend. But I think, honestly, it's really just a learning lesson for teams to take away where they're really at right now. You know, Meet said, you know, this – We've got a lot to work on, and you know he's excited to get back to it, uh, I guess, which was today. Yeah, I think opening day just always stings, right, a little bit more when you lose it, just because you've been waiting uh, a really long time to see and play baseball. So, um, yeah, I think it, it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, obviously, on Saturday, losing to a uh, – whenever you lose to someone who's not ranked or is a smaller conference team, you're going to be upset. Um, but the Knowles did what they were supposed to do, and they came back out the next day and – they swept and uh, got two wins and won the series. That's the name of the game. You don't want to lose any series. Um, pick up some midweek games if you can, and then an ACC play, take care of business. You should have yourself in uh, in the mix for uh, a regional, a hosting spot, and maybe, you know, I don't know. We'll see how a super regional goes. Um, a lot of, obviously, a lot of baseball left to be played, and we're not going to, you know, forecast or anything like that. But um, the first weekend of the season, I think it's it's really hard for us to make any type of lasting judgments on a team. I seem to remember uh, a team a few years back that was terrible, really, for most of the season and caught fire when it mattered most and made it to Omaha. So that taught me a lesson uh, in its own right to just really never um, have a finalized opinion on anything uh, when it comes to the game of baseball. 
And uh, UNF, actually, we're recording this. It's Tuesday night. Uh, just finished um, a game against UF. They're playing them Tuesday and Wednesday. It was 9-6 to six final. UF won by three, so it was a competitive game. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a UNF team. It's the state of Florida. There are some really good baseball players in this state. And it's going to be better. The, the, the teams that you would so-call the weaker teams, um, Florida's weaker teams um, are still pretty strong when you compare them to the rest of the country. So um, FSU takes two of three. Uh, Brett, who impressed you this weekend? Um, yeah, well, I guess first off, I'll go Tyler Martin. Um, just with his approach at the plate the whole week, um, you know, I think he got out um, two or three times, um, you know, one being a sack fly too. It just every single at bat this weekend we saw him just fight. Um, you know, I asked him out of the, after the game just how much the approach helps him and he and what it does for him and how he does it so well. And he basically just said, you know, I've been doing this since I played Little League. Like, it's not something new to him. Um, you know, Tyler Martin's been out there since Little League going, you know, curveball, curveball, spin, spit on it. I mean, he's not your regular Little League. You're sitting out there. He's Eleven's grandson. Um, you know, so when he gets to Florida State, that's something that's already instilled in him. And he's shown it over and over and over. Um, I think he reached base in his first eight plate appearances. Correct. Then on a sack fly and then had like two straight other ones, you know. Um, we were having some conversations in the press box just about if records could be broken or anything like that. But just really good to see him do what he does and kind of be that pest and be that table setter for Florida State. And, you know, kind of as Tyler goes, Florida State's lineup will go, I think. Yeah, Tyler ended up with five walks on the weekend in addition to six hits, it looks like, and uh, numerous runs scored if I go through every single one of these box scores. Um, and he got hit by pitch, I believe, at least once this weekend, too. Um, that's Florida State's had really good leadoff hitters historically. Um, I can name them all, but Taylor Walls comes to mind. Um, Tyler doesn't have the pop that Taylor does. Obviously, doesn't bat switch, but it's a similar eye, you know? Like, it's that similar every time you look up, a full count is likely. At least it's going to be 2-2, probably 3-2. And, Brett, can you tell people who love the game of baseball, but, you know, maybe uh, schematically and, and things like that want to learn more, just what does that do when your leadoff guy is driving the pitch count up? just gives your other guys the ability to see pitches, um, know how a pitcher's going to attack you. Um, you know, I just think that he gives the rest of the guys an ability. Uh, he just makes it easier on the rest of the guys in the lineup. Kind of wear a pitcher out to, you know, you go seven pitches, eight pitches with a guy, um, throw a lot of strikes, and he still walks or he gets a hit. Um, you know, it kind of just takes something out of a pitcher. You know, next pitch, you might get a first pitch fastball right down the middle. So, you know, I think it's something that you saw Matt Nelson. That's another positive for me. Um, I'll just take that right into that. Matt Nelson's power, I mean, we saw it again on Sunday. Um, I believe game two, first inning, uh, middle, middle fastball, 3-1 count, absolutely demolished it, um, almost completely cleared the scoreboard. Um, just a no-doubter off the bat. Um, you know, Nelly's got so much raw power, so much strength in his lower half that he's start, really starting to show it. Now he's lost some weight, and he's able um, to be a little looser at the plate and just let things turn and burn. Um, you know, he had another 3-1 double down the line that he ripped, too. So it was good to see him take advantage of bad counts um, on that Sunday second game. It was really just good to see, um, you know, that power production come, something that we've seen a lot leading up to regular season, but to see it carry over to the regular season was nice. Um, you know, he also had a big play in that sun that last Sunday game. Um, you know, Connor Grady's starting to lose his stuff a little bit, walks a guy with one out, um, was still one run game at that time. Um, guy tries to delay steal, and Nelly throws from his knees right on the money, throws the guy out two outs. And, you know, that ended up being really big because Grady walked the next batter too. Then he retired the next batter, and innings over. So that inning looked completely different because of Nelly. Um, you know, I thought he was up and down on the week, 
um, defensively. Um, I thought a little bit of that had to do just with the way that Florida State was throwing, a little bit erratic, um, making it tough on him at times. But, you know, I thought overall he just had a really nice weekend as well. Yeah, you know, I think that was that was going to be what I said about Nelly was defensively it was a mixed bag, but one of the things that wasn't mixed was uh, the throws down to second base look sharp. I mean, they, they're they right on the money, and he's got a, a very strong arm. Um, his pop time's solid. Um, yeah, I mean, Matt Nelson has a chance to be pretty special, folks, and we all we know what he can do with the bat. It's The tools have been there, right, like for a few years where you've seen it in glimpses of what he can do. And opening, you know, opening weekend, he hits a couple of home runs, and one of them was, <laughs> one of them was a torpedo, man. Like I, I had a chance to call this weekend, um, the TV side of things, and oh man, um, Matt Nelson's going to be a, a really good baseball player, uh, not just at Florida State, but in his career if he keeps going. Another player that really stood out to me, Brett, and it was something that we've talked about a lot, and we've talked about it all off season, is what does Nander DeSantis look like um, at the plate? I mean, he had one really bad error this weekend, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of screwed Carson Montgomery um, there in the uh, the first game, I believe, of Sunday. But overall, uh, I thought Nander from the right side of the plate, um, which is what he's focusing on now, no more switch hitting, Nander was making really hard contact consistently. And I started for the first time in his career to maybe see him as a, a weapon in the Seminole lineup. Yeah, and I just thought it was good to see him right v. right, um, get some walks, work some accounts, um, not just put the ball and play hard, but just see him be able to lay off some right v right breaking balls, which was my only concern coming out of um, the, sp- the spring training, I guess, whatever you want to call it. But um, just to see him be able to put together consistent at bats um, and see him be a little bit confident and, you know, just start to get comfortable in what he's doing, that was good to see. Um, you know, he did have that error. Um, that's a routine play. I mean, with the freshman on the mound, you just can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, you're a third-year guy. you got to help out your freshman. Um, but other than that, I thought he was really good defensively all weekend. I mean, those plays are going to happen once in a while. Um, you hope they're not there consistently. Um, you know, I thought he was consistent other than that the rest of the week. But, you know, that's just a play that usually – it's just another short hop throw. Just That's just mental. I mean, he had time to make the play. It's just something that um, he short arms it and, you know, ball doesn't get there and then leads to two runs, 17 extra pitches for Montgomery. So, I mean, but other than that, he looked, like, really strong. He had good throws from the hole a couple times that he was able to rip off. He was good with the glove. Um, so, I mean, just take out that error, and it was a really, really nice weekend for Nana DeSantis, I thought. Yeah, like you said, the key is not to not have any errors. Like, he's a shortstop. The ball gets hit there a ton. <laughs> it's going to happen, right? Like, I mean, that's that's part of the game. The key is can it not be 18 to 25 errors in a season? Like, that's when you're – that's when you're having some trouble, and it's you can't be a liability at shortstop. Yeah. Um, so I believe he was nine twenty seven fielding percentage this weekend, or something like that. I think I would take that. I mean, last year I think it was eight eighty or something. Like nine twenty seven is nothing to write home about at shortstop. But <clears throat> if you could get it to nine forty, that'd be really nice for Florida State. You know what I mean? Just don't be a liability there. Yeah. And I think I think Nander can not only not be a liability, I think he could be a positive there. So let's see. He made some throws. Over, i got to give him credit. Like 12 he made, chances. He, I mean, he made some throws, too, that were impressive. Like, they weren't routine plays. The one one thing that I thought was really impressive all week for Florida State was double plays and just the ability to turn it. I think they had four double plays, and I think all I think that was the four chances they had. I don't think there was ever a chance to turn a double play that they didn't turn. Jackson Green uh, turns that pretty quick. Yeah, there were a couple, I think, with Chase pitching both times that – 
They had a, a big-time double play that was not an easy one. Slow choppers that Nander was able to get to Jackson as quick as possible. And Jackson turned all of them right on the money. Um, I think there was one from Vince Smith at third base as well. But that was something that all week looked really consistent. And that was something that they work on a ton at practices. So that was really good to see start to pay off. Um, you know, just being able to get that extra out always could go a long way for them. Um, and I think looking at it, Nanner's fielding percentage was 923, one error in 13 or chances or 12 chances, something like that. So, you know, I think for opening weekend, after the first eight games last year when he had eight errors, I think, you know, you're really going to take that for sure. Um, another one of my positives um, for the weekend, um, because, you know, um, I'm trying to make sure I have this right. Uh, after the first game, I thought Reese Albert was pretty good. Um, um, he had the big home run on Sunday in the first game, turned around and really tried to, to provi- provide that energy boost for his teammates by yelling into the dugout and just trying to get everyone juiced up. I thought he played a great center field uh, the entire weekend. And again, after going 0 for 4 in the first game, um, which we were disappointed in because Reese, you know, we were really hyping him up throughout the offseason, and, and he is that caliber of player. I thought he had a good. I thought he had a good Sunday, man. I, I really was happy with him. And same with Robbie Martin. I thought they put some good swings on balls. Yeah, three for eight on Sunday. Um, only two strikeouts on the weekend for Reese. I believe both of those were on opening day. Um, so that's really good to see. Seeing him put the ball and play consistently, and that home run was crushed. I mean, that thing was. And you know, to see him turn to the dugout and be that leader he needs to be and get those guys going was good to see. Um, something you hit on a little bit that I thought was a real positive was the outfield defense as a whole. Um, I thought Logan Lacey made a few nice really running catches. Um, Robbie Martin made a couple of really ni- nice running catches. Um, Casey Asman had a really nice play when they brought in the substitutions that um, led, led to a double play. And a big moment really with bases loaded that if he doesn't catch that, you know, UNF might have been back into that game when FSU had already taken out all their starters. So that was another big play. Um, you know, Asman's been a guy that has been consistent in the outfield from what I've seen. Um, you know, Reese does a really nice job of covering a lot of ground, especially going back towards that wall in center field. Um, so, you know, I think w- this outfield is definitely going to be a positive on both sides of the ball going forward for FSU. And then I know for you and I, it's going to be a little bit different here. Um, we don't have the same positives and negatives uh, for, for the weekend, um, at least not all the way through. Um, one of my positives, um, at least in spurts, because, again, I'm trying to – operate on a, a sliding scale for for opening weekend because you know you can't have like definitive thoughts um after just three games but vince smith impressed me i i know he made some errors and it, some of them are critical um but that bat i think the bat has a chance and he only ended up with one base hit overall on the weekend it was a a first career home run but he got robbed on another home run um great play by maribel going up he was six foot four and he needed all of it to go up and grab it to rob that and it was a sports center top 10 play actually um for unf that really swung the momentum i thought uh in game one but um vince put some good swing on bats man he he has a decent eye at the plate too um you've compared him in the past to mike salvatore and i kind of like that comparison yeah i mean the only reason vince wasn't a positive for me this weekend was the errors um you know i thought he put good swings in the ball all week and i actually thought he played a fine third base most of the week it just seemed that the game sped up on him at times which you expect for a freshman, especially opening weekend, and especially a position that he hadn't really played um, ever since he came to Florida State. You know, that was kind of not an emergency move, but kind of a last-minute thing for them to do um, once they found out Elijah was not going to play this past weekend. Um, so, you know, I just thought it was in, you know, it was good to see a freshman come up in a big moment like that, put a nice swing on a ball and have it paid off for once after a week where I thought he was putting the ball in play at a good rate. 
Um, you know, gets robbed once, able to come back and, you know, pay off, give FSU a payoff in a big moment. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll be a contributor contributor for a lot this season. Um, where he'll be once Eliza comes back, um, not sure, but it was good to see him start to take um, um, take advantage of some opportunities in that first we- uh, first career weekend for him. Yeah, let's flip it back to the mound a little bit here, too. Um, I know you and I are going to agree on at least one of these. Um, Connor Grady was outstanding um, in Game 3. That was everything that we have been telling you guys on this podcast about why the advantage is FSU almost every Game 3, almost every Sunday, is because Connor Grady's going to go out there and just throw strikes. And when he's on, uh, there is swing and miss stuff. Like It's, it's good enough to, to rack up some Ks. And um, I know he ended up giving up two earned runs, I want to say. In the end, I'm pulling up the box score again. Um, three walks, but two of them came really late in the outing after he had gotten the, up the pitch count, you know, from where they wanted to be. Um, but through about five innings, he got into the sixth, about five innings, Brett, he was, a, he was incredible. I mean, it was, they were not hitting him. The slider looked good. The changeup looked disgusting. Like his changeup had some real life to it. And the fastball um, had that sinking downward action that we want from him. Um, I got to give Connor Grady some props because if he does that for Florida State in game threes, you know, the Knolls are going to have a chance to, uh, to win a lot of series. Yeah, I just thought all three pitches for him were on. Um, you know, that's the big key for him to have all three. You know, if he's only going one, two punch, you know, guys will start to key off on him a little bit. Um, you know, I just think that he showed why he's a Sunday starter and why I think he'll be there the whole year, um, why he'll be important down the road um, in playoffs and stuff like that. Just seemed composed, seemed like it was a ho-hum day for Connor Grady just out there tossing the ball around. Um, you know, he never really looks too high, never looks too low, kind of just does his thing, um, rolls with the flow a little bit. Um, you know, just two hits, 118 average against. Um, he's just not a guy that it's very easy to get the ball in the air off of when he's going good. Um, a lot of ground balls, the singing fastball, keeping the changeup down the zone. Changeup seemed to be his best pitch that day, used it a lot. So, yeah, it was just really good to see him get off to a good start. Um, you know, bullpen kind of let him down a little bit at the very end, but still a good start nonetheless for Grady. Yeah, and then um, I'll let you touch on Carson a little bit more here. Um, he wasn't, for me, as impressive as he was for you in his opening. His start, no, don't get me wrong, I'm not like, he, he wasn't disappointing to me, um, but it wasn't like the, the shutdown stuff that I, that I was hoping to see in a, in a first start. But then again, it was his first career college start. So I had to tell myself, like, this kid isn't Jacob deGrom on, a, on his first career college start. Like, it's going to take time. But um, four innings, didn't give up an earned run. Um, I believe he got... I mean, he, he got screwed by, by some infield defense there. So um, those were the two runs that were charged him, I believe. A couple of walks, four strikeouts and four innings. I think what was disappointing for me, if I have to use that word, is the efficiency of the pitches. Um, you've mentioned it's like C.J. Van Eyck a little bit, where it's just going gonna to get up there in the, in the zone, um, in terms of, sorry, in the count. But, um, yeah, he was good. He was good, not great. But I didn't think he was inefficient. If you look at it, I mean, you have 17 extra pitches in the first inning. Um, you know, without those 17 extra pitches, he's got 60 pitches in four innings, right where you want him to be at, uh, 50 pitches an inning. I just thought I thought, he, I thought he threw the ball really well. I okay. thought he battled. Um, you, know, you know, he is a guy that is the number one pitcher, number one guy coming in, but he's still a freshman, you know. Um, and he sometimes doesn't even look like a freshman on the mound composure-wise. I thought he good, did a good job of staying composed, um, you know, just showed the ability to battle, you know, showed kind of the uh, – you know, just, you know, guys talked all week about how humble he is, and I kind of 
thought that he showed that a little bit on the mound. Um, you know, he knows that sometimes you may get hit, but you got to just keep battling. Um, three hits. I, mean, I think two of those were in the first inning, one being after um, the error. Um, you know, I, it, it's not the prettiest stat line. It's not the dominant stat line that you may see. But, you know, he's a freshman. It's his first career start. Um, has a long first inning. Next three innings, he comes out and deals. I mean, I don't think he gave up one base runner his last three innings of work. Um, you know, he probably goes five scoreless innings if he doesn't have that error. Um, you know, and he's efficient with the pitch count. Um, I think he had about 57% strikes. Um, you'd likely want you want more than that, but I still thought after that first inning, it was just really clean, and you kind of saw more what Carson Montgomery was. Um, and, you know, this kind of goes for the whole pitching staff as a whole. I've heard that, um, you know, the, the radar gun was a little bit low for Florida State in the stadium, um, and all those guys were kind of throwing. I think Montgomery was sitting around 93, 95 and reached up to 96 at one point. So it was the stuff that you would expect from him. Um, radar gun kind of threw it off a little bit, but um, you know I just thought he threw the ball well overall, and you just got a glimpse of what Carson Montgomery could be, could be down the road. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. The glimpse, the glimpse was nice to see the stuff because the the off speed was was pretty good. Um, there was there was definitely some pitches that's, in there. Yeah, that's the one thing uh, I was a little disappointed in with Carson was just his changeup. He didn't really have it kind of non-existent. Um, and it's a slider, correct? Not a it, it's a slider that he throws. He or is it a curve? A bit of a slider slurve. Okay. Um, excuse me. Slider slurve was really good with the cutter. Um, cutter was pretty dominant, um, but just the changeup didn't really have that changeup for the fourth pitch. Um, kind of led to some struggles against lefties. He just left it up in the zone a lot. But the slider was really good. I think all four of his K's came on sliders. Um, so I think you, once that changeup starts to once he gets the feel back for that, um, you know I think he'll put himself in some better situations, especially when he can throw that down at the count. Yeah, and I think you know I think it was the first two batters of the game he struck out, um, and then he was about to have a, a really quick inning, um, and then Nander had the error, um, and it kind of just went went sideways on him a little bit at least early, not not too sideways. He only gave up two runs um, in that first inning. So um, I believe Montgomery will be on the mound uh, 8 p.m. on Saturday against Pitt, so that should be a lot of fun prime time on ACC Network. So um, Carson's going to have a, a prime time slot. To, to have start number two and I guess start number one in ACC play. Um, any other positives that you wanted to mention? There are some names in the uh, bullpen I think that we should touch on. Yeah, well, we always we already touched on Kwiatkowski from Saturday. Um, I thought Haney threw the ball well again, came in another big situation. You know, he's already got four innings on the year, two appearances. Um, you know, meet said after, um, you know, going into Sunday, he asked him, would you be ready to go? And um, 11 kind of just laughed at him. Um, so I, you know, he's going to be there all year. 11. I like it. I like <laughs> I'm, what I'm you did keep there. saying it. You're going to get used to it. You got to get used to it at this point. 11 going to be on the mound every single game of the you year. You don't understand, man. This fan base only allows one number 11, <laughs> one 11. Um, at least, at least using it as a pronoun. Like you one. gotta, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to, to remember that. You gotta get used to it at this point. You know, just live <laughs> with it at this point. Um, I'm going to be tweeting 11's on the mound now. You gotta get used to it. Um, but you know, Bryce Hubbard was another guy that I thought was able to, you know, calm the game down a bit in that first game um, Sunday. Um, I thought Bryce was very good, commanding the zone. I thought that was the best he's ever looked at Florida State in the regular season. Um, gave up one hit. It was just a – I'm pretty sure it was a swing and bunt single. Um, had two Ks in an inning in the third. Uh, he was pounding the zone. believe he was up to 96 at one point. Um, that's, what I, that's kind of what I've been hearing somewhat. Um, so Bryce has got stuff, a lot of stuff, especially for a lefty. Um, and when he's in the zone like he was the other day, he can be really dominant. Um, that curveball was 
you know, that curveball was gross as usual. Um, you know, when he's getting down on it, it can be really good. He just struggles with it up in the zone sometimes. But I think Hubbard will be a weapon in a lot of different ways for Florida State this year. Yeah, I'm looking at this just to kind of put it into numbers. Uh, Haney went four innings this weekend uh, in total. So, yeah, he'll take that. Uh, and he had five strikeouts, only a couple hits, no runs. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 why he's, you know, sixth 11. year. Yeah, not, not allowing it. Not on my watch. RIP your mentions, uh, fans. If you wanna, if you wanna talk to Brett about that, I'll let you guys uh, handle it. Anyway, uh, other bullpen arms that uh, were impressive. Um, I know Brandon Walker was not um, on his A game, but just seeing the stuff in person um, in a game uh, for the for, at least for me, it was the first time being able to see it. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, I think you said he was up to ninety seven this weekend. Um, mm. So if they hone him in, you got a chance for a a pretty good back end of the um, bullpen kind of guy. Yeah, it's just, um, just I mean, disappointing with the fastball come in there. Um, I thought he was amped up, but just got it's just it's it's dis- more disappointing when those guys really have stuff because you just don't want to see it go to waste. Um, but you know, I will say Brandon was a positive in that first inning. He came in. I mean, two pitches gets FSU out of a jam. Gets a ground ball when he needs to to get a double play. So that was good to see to see him come in. Um, you know, um, he'll be a guy this year. He'll be a guy for them. He's got to be an important guy for them. He's got to be able to throw strikes a lot um, to be that back end guy for them. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of who else did I see that I wanted to touch on. I think for positives, we've pretty much. I think you know, we've been on all of them. Yeah, I think much. you're right. And po- uh, can I have one more positive? Um, fans, I thought you guys were excellent uh, all weekend. That was awesome. I know you guys have been ready to uh to come back out but the the bleachers were, were were pretty full like i thought that was cool to see and um there were moments that were pretty loud at, at hauser this weekend so um good on you animals of section b do your thing uh keep it up the o canada the the k times it's it's a lot of fun and robbie martin was his normal self that's yeah. all i got yeah that was one, one Four of my, ten. that was one of my positives okay yeah um so overall I, I think it's a positive weekend for florida state now we're not going to sit here and tell you everything was great um, because that's far from the truth. And there were there were some areas where I was a little concerned. Um, I'm going to start it off with the defense. Um, FSU's not going to go anywhere this year that they want to if they defend poorly. It's just not happening. It's just going to be – it's just not going to happen. Three games, not a single game do they play errorless baseball. And that to me is like UNF did it twice out of three games, and there is no reason why UNF should be able to play better in field defense or in defense in general um, than Florida State. Like the, the, that's just that's focus, that's fundamentals, and um, yeah, you know you get two er- you get multiple errors in in a couple of games um, that it just can't happen. And you know the the final game of the weekend, Florida State wins um, eight to four with just one error. That's the game that had one error. And they got really lucky that the bat rule came out because <laughs> Dylan Simmons and Andrew DeSantis had messed up a play, a, a potential double play ball to end the game, and the ball was thrown into left field. That could have been a second error that got wiped off, you know, thanks to a, a rule change or, a, a you know, a bat, the illegal bat. So, yeah, I, I didn't love the defense, and that's something that's been an issue at Florida State for quite a few years. I know meat hammers at home. I know it pisses him off more than it does any fan. So, like – Harping on it too much doesn't make much sense because uh, the head man in charge is is going to try and make sure that that gets taken care of. But Brett, it was it was disappointing to kind of see Florida State defensively um, not be up to where they need to be. 
I didn't think Florida State was awful, awful defensively. But you're right when you said they aren't where they need to be. Um, you know, you're just not going to win close games when you don't play clean baseball. Um, I thought a few areas were a little fluky. Um, you know, Vince Smith cuts the line drive, tries to double a guy off first base, and Cooper Swanson kind of just gets caught in the runner. That's an error. Um, you know, that error where Tyler Martin just misses the ball from Nelly. You know, I just I don't really know what happened there. Um, that's another thing that's just a bit fluky. You know, a guy just misses a ball. Yeah, but, you know, you, there were some other errors, like you said, that didn't even go in the book. Um, you know, they dropped a foul ball in that same ninth inning as the double play that that misplayed double play that didn't end up counting. Um, so, you know, it does have to be better. It wasn't the worst possible defense ever. You know, Nander was pretty much improved. Um, you know, Jackson Green was solid at second base. So they're solid up the middle. I think they just, you know, you need to shore, shore up third base more, um, get Vince Smith more reps there. Um, Logan Lacey may be the guy there that's the most um, dependable. Um, you know, just a little better from Nelly behind the plate. Um, I thought he was really good last game Sunday. Um, before that, it was a little uneven like we talked about. Um, but, you know, defense in the outfield was good. So it's just, you know, it's that infield defense like we talked about. Just got to be better, um, especially to win some good close games that will come up here soon in ACC play. And, I mean, overall they were 958, which is like – it's not garbage. I mean, it's five errors on the entire weekend. And but my thing is, you know, getting guys up to game speed now for the first time in a while, there's going to be errors opening weekend. Um, you know, I think Florida made six errors opening weekend, made made two errors tonight as well. Um, you know, so there are teams that have been in the past are extremely dependable on the defensive side of the ball that made errors. So, I mean, there's, you, I, don't, I don't think you're going to see, you know, the exact I don't, this isn't going to be the exact team that Florida State is the whole season. I don't think we could still be um, poor on the defensive side, on a, a below average defensively. Um, but I think it's still a work in progress. Guys have to get back up to game speed. So I don't think it's anything that is earth shattering yet for Florida State. Yeah, I mean that's pretty dis- good. it is disappointing though. Yeah, that's that, that's the word that I think is is best. You know, kind of a synopsis of of what we feel right now. Again, that's why you play 50 games in a year. Let's see what they do against Pitt. Um, other things that were not fun. Let me see. I'll here. go. Yeah, um, your turn. Just disappointing on the mound um, overall. Um, you know, just the walks. You just can't walk 22 guys in a weekend. Um, you can't hit four guys in a weekend. You know, six wild pitches. It was just a bit sporadic most of the weekend. You know, a lot of that game came from, but I will say a lot of that came from first-year guys or guys that are making their first ever appearance at Florida State. Um, you know, that first game on Sunday was the only person who have, wasn't making their first appearance was was Hubbard, and he didn't walk anybody. Um, you know, it's kind of skewed. Ross Dunn goes out there and walks five guys. Um, Yikes! And gets two outs. But you know, Ross Dunn is a guy that I've seen throw the ball about six or seven times, and I've really never seen him struggle with command at that rate before um you know brandon walker walks two guys um jack anderson walks three guys um you know jack anderson's not a guy who usually struggles with command connor grady walks three guys um just a lot of guys walking guys just a lot of uncharacteristic things from this pitching staff that isn't usual um you know guys got to get comfortable in the mound again they got to get comfortable in their body they got to get comfortable with fans in the stands um, you know, I'll bring up Florida again. You know, we like talking about Florida and when they struggle. Um, 25 walks this weekend. 
Um, so, I mean, and Florida was thought to be the best pitching staff in the nation. FSU's thought to be one of the best pitching staffs in the nations. You know, guys just have to get back into their groove again. Um, you know, I don't think this is what Florida State is going to be. Um, this is also isn't Florida State's, a bunch of Florida State's top arms. Anderson, yes, was a top arm. Walker's thought to be a top arm, yes. Um, you know, Tyler Ahern was a bit sporadic. Um, but the guys, you know, Haney, not terrible walk-wise. Um, Kukowski was very good. Hubbard, very good. Um, Scalaro didn't walk anybody. Um, and you also, the other thing was you didn't see all of Florida State. Uh, you kind of sh- you saw the depth, but you didn't see some of the top arms. I mean, you didn't see a Hunter Purdue. <clears throat> you didn't see a White Crow. You didn't see an Andrew Armstrong who they're very high on against left- left-handed hitters. So I don't think this is what this bullpen will be going forward. Um, you know, I don't think my standards are lowered or my expectations are lowered for this staff. Um, you know, I know Jimmy, Jimmy Bellinger is probably not in a very good mood coming on an opening weekend. Um, and for that reason, I think it'll be a lot better going forward. Um, you know, you'll kind of hear from it from, you'll kind of hear from Chase Haney soon, the leader of that bullpen. Um, you know, he's ready to get those guys back to work this weekend as well. Um, so I think you'll see an uptick in command this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I think disappointment comes relative to expectation, right? Like, you can't be disappointed with something that you thought was already going to be bad. So that's why, like, when... That has a little bit to do with why I'm not super disappointed with the defense. To me, it's like when, you know, overall for me, the pitching staff as, as a whole didn't impress me the way that I had hoped it would. And that's why, because it's relative to expectation, right? Like, it's, it's relative to what I thought they were, what I was going to see. Um, but then again, that's why you play 50 you know, 50 baseball games. It's because one weekend is, can be an anomaly. Um, but yeah, Messick wasn't great on Friday, and I had thought he was going to come out and just completely shove. A um, couple bullpen arms that I thought would be excellent were not. Um, and yeah, so again, it's relative to what you thought going in. So we spent, not just us, but Meet himself and national media spent a lot of time this offseason talking about how this was going to be one of the best pitching staffs in the country, one of the best pitching staffs FSU's ever had. And that was being thrown around there. And so to come out against UNF, it's not a world-beating team, and, and to to not perform to that level, disappointing is a good word, right? Like, we're not angry, and we're not counting them out. Actually, quite the opposite. I think everyone expects this staff to, to rebound um, against Pitt, and they'll have their chance to prove it. So, um, yeah, we'll see what the, what the staff does, um, rotation and bullpen. Um, so... I think the last thing I want to talk about before we go to the the Haney interview, um, because Haney was kind enough to to sit down with uh, Brett and and just kind of give his thoughts on the weekend. Um, What is your overall takeaway from from opening weekend? What what should be the proper um, state of mind? I think just kind of what I've been talking about for a while that, you know, I think the offense is up to par with Florida State's pitching staff. Um, You know, a lot of people said, Pitching is the strength. Pitching is the strength. Pitching is the strength. Um, I think pitching is the depth. I think experience-wise, um, is it's the lineup, though. Um, I think the part that's going to excel early in the season is going to be that lineup because they've been there. They've done that. They know what they're doing. Um, you saw it on Sunday. Um, kind of just, you know, ho-hum. That's kind of just what they do. They're, they're going to walk. Um, you know, this, this lineup's going to homer. Um, you know, the fact that we're worried about the pitching staff coming out of the op- opening weekend and not the lineup is kind of a positive for me. Um, you know, the fact that, I mean, they hit 292 as a team, um, 434 on base percentage, 479 slug. I mean, those are all good numbers. I mean, I thought it was a very good weekend approach-wise once they settled into it um, Friday. 
I mean, Saturday, just kind of, I just kind of scratched it. Um, you know, guys just got outside of themselves. Uh, when you saw Florida State settle into themselves on Sunday, um, you saw what this team can be offensively. I think it's going to be a really good offensive team. Um, I think this team is really going to hit. I think, um, you know, the average number from last year kind of skewed what people thought of Florida State offensively. Um, you know, it was still a very good offense. Um, you know, come, you come out a weekend, on a week one with 26 runs scored. Um, so I think this team, you know, it's, it's, the base running's got to be better, the fielding's got to be better, and the command on the mound has to be better. Um, but overall, I think it's a positive weekend. I think you take the two wins. Um, you take the lesson. You kind of take the negatives from the weekend and turn them into lessons and hope that they start to improve rapidly because, you know, you go right into ATC play this weekend and you got to be ready to go right away. Yeah. Um, look, folks, around the nation, there were some top 25 teams who lost series and are in a really bad mood, um, UF being one of them. Um, that That's going to hurt. Like, that's the number one team in the country that has beaten Miami – to a drum uh for years so the canes winning especially after the way the game the first game went i think in that series everyone was like oh here we go again um this is how it's always going to be right with uf and and miami but give the canes credit they come back and they win too uh ucla the number two team in the country they lost to san francisco twice at home and that was uh aaron fit was on our podcast and said they're clearly one of the best two teams in the country and maybe they are i think ucla is really good and they have a really good roster um but things happen, right? And, like, I look around and, like, did you say Georgia Tech lost to Eastern Kentucky? Correct. Okay, so. Wake Forest lost to Northeastern, like I said. It's I mean, happening every Texas. We just watched Texas A&M lose to Abilene Christian uh, <laughs> right here in front of us. So, like. I believe Wake Forest lost again today as well. So, I mean. It's baseball. Like, yeah. you're going to lose games. I promise you FSU isn't, wasn't going to go undefeated. And I promise you FSU is going to lose. UNF's games. just a scrappy team, a veteran team. Um, you know, going to make them work. I think it's a good opening week. I think it's a good way to, you know, get ready for ACC play. I think they'll be ready to go this weekend. Yeah, and you and I made the point after the instant analysis, the instant react, what is Florida State made of? We're going to find out on Sunday whether or not, you know, we should be worried. And we said if they swept, we wouldn't be worried, and they swept uh, Sunday. So moving forward, series win, you take it. FSU did not drop out of the top 25. Um they stayed put in D1 baseball's uh, top 25, and they're in everyone else's top 25. So and we'll touch on that um, after this Chase Haney interview. Um, yeah, Haney with Brett here. Uh, he had a big weekend, not just on the mound for Florida State, but uh, was able to have uh, the number 11 jersey passed down to him for his uh, final year in Tallahassee. He touches on that and more with Brett. Team, and, you know, just to get to see where you guys are at for once. It was awesome, man. I mean, it's been over 300 days since we've we played another team, and we were all excited. And you know, it was a shame we we lost the opener, but I mean, I think we just had the opening day jitters. And you know, I've been here six years, and we've lost three opening days and been to Omaha twice. So, um, not at all worried. Um, I thought we played a good game. We showed some fight there at the end, and we just fell up a little short. But um, you know, we came back and won the next two, and. You know, we're looking good for this weekend. You know, I just want to go back to the summer and kind of last season first. So just what what led to your decision to come back, um, especially after I think you had just graduated for a second time? Yeah, so my decision to come back was, was pretty easy. The pro ball thing didn't really work out um, how I thought it was going to um, in my – my next best, best option was to come back and, you know, finish out my eligibility at Florida State and 
you know, looking back on it, I'm glad I did. I think in, uh, in pro ball, they're not even playing right now. Um, so the fact that I'm playing baseball right now, um, staying competitive and, you know, being at Florida State is, it was a really easy decision for me. And, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, I think when we talked back um, in fall, some of that, the reasons you came back was, you know, the stuff off the field that you do at Florida State. Um, and, you know, I think you take, I mean, I guess how much pride do you take in doing the stuff off the field and in the community of Tallahassee? Uh, I, I think it's just as important as the stuff I do on the field. You know, Florida State has given me so much and, you know, I, I'll forever be in debt to the university and, you know, the coaching staff. And, and I knew that with me coming back, it would just be another asset to the team and some experience that I could share with the younger guys. And, you know, and hopefully that will propel the, the program going forward, just kind of showing the, the younger guys how it's done. And, uh, you know, we got Clayton back too, which is another, um, he's a fifth year senior and, and he has a lot of experience to share with the younger guys. And I just think us coming back is, is a huge um, asset to the program. And, you know, we, it's something that we, we wanted to do and it's something that we talked about and, and, you know, we're excited to be here and we're happy to be here. You know, I guess I can call you 11 now. Um, I guess just when you first found out about, about that opportunity, I guess, what were your first thoughts on it? And um, just getting to talk to 11 again, I guess, how was that? Yeah, when uh, when I was first asked about it, I was kind of um, taken back a little bit. You know, I didn't know that was a thing they were trying to do. And me kind of just pulled me aside at one of the practices and uh, asked me if I wanted to wear 11 this year and kind of explained the whole process behind it and, and what they were trying to do. Um, and, you know, I wanted to make sure that 11 was okay with it and that some other people that have been around the program for a while, that, that they were okay with it. And um, once I talked to them, you know, I was all in on it and I was very, very honored to be able to wear the number. And, you know, it's when I, when I first ran out um, Friday and they said number 11, Chase Haney pitching, it was kind of a, got goosebumps running up my arms and um it was just a really cool experience and you know like I said I'm just extremely honored to be able to wear the number and, and wear it with great pride and hopefully perform in it you know now that you're wearing number 11 um do you think you'll be allowed to hit some in games am I allowed to hit some in the games yes you get to make some coaching decisions of your own now oh oh <laughs> Uh, there's some guys in the locker room that joke around about that kind of stuff. Uh, they'll be like, "You're 11 now. You you make the you make the call. You make the rules." Um, but no, I mean, it's just at the end of the day, it's just a number. And, and you know, I've always uh, played for the name on the front of the jersey more than the name on the back or the number. But I mean, you know, it's just it's such a cool opportunity and something that I'll be able to talk about for for the rest of my life. And you know, I'm just extremely honored. You know, going back to this first weekend. Of getting back on the field, I just how big of a difference was it facing hitters in a scrimmage versus actually getting on the mound and um, you know having the fans in the stands and having some adrenaline going for the first time in a while. It was awesome, man. I mean, we spent so many days just just playing our own team and just to get out there and be competitive again. And you know, sometimes the the inter squad scrimmages get a little redundant, and you're you're kind of just looking forward to that moment. You get to play another team and you have fans in the game. You have a real umpire. Um, and I mean, I think it showed uh, Friday night, you know, some of the guys had, I mean, I still have the opening day jitters, um, you know, and I think I will as long as I play the game. 
I mean, you kind of just saw it from a few people and, and um, as a team. Uh, but, you know, I think once we got rid of those opening day jitters and, you know, we kind of relaxed and took a step back, we, we really showed what, uh, what Florida State baseball is about. And um, it's a lot of fight and a lot of passion. Now you guys kind of you guys kind of struggled with um, command out of the bullpen this week. I guess just how much of that of that is those jitters from opening weekend. You know, you guys had a lot of young guys throw, especially on um, game two of the weekend when you guys had basically everybody making their first appearance. I guess just how much better do you expect you guys to yeah. when you, once you start settling in? Yeah, I mean a lot of the things that you saw from our bullpen this weekend were very uncharacteristic. Um, and, and if we can go out there and, and, and pitch like that and still win a series, um, you know, that, that makes me feel good about what this pitching staff uh, can do. I mean, it kind of just shows you. And I was, I was kind of thinking back to, to one of my first appearances out of the bullpen. It might have been my first. Um, I, it was so long ago, I can't even remember. But um, I think I came in with bases loaded, no outs. And, you know, when a lot of guys get their first, opportunity it's usually in a in a blowout game and in a game that's kind of out of reach for the other team and you kind of have more time to think about um you know it being your first appearance and whatnot and you know for me coming out in a, a bases loaded situation six years ago um I didn't really have time to, to think I just knew that I had to get the job done and um, I, th- I kind of think that had a lot to do with it uh people just had more time to to really think about the opportunity they were having and, and you know where they were at the time um, but I mean, I think now that that's out of the way and now we can kind of get back to ourselves and throw strikes and get people out. You know, six years later, I think both of your first appearances this weekend were bases loaded or at least two guys on, I guess, just how much do you enjoy those big moments? How, how do you feel like, you know, you even get, you get even better when you, when you got those guys on base? Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to what I just said. You don't really have time to, to think about like you kind of just got to you got to get it done and, and that's the that's the mindset I've always had is you're being put in this situation because your coaches trust you and and they have faith in you to get the job done and, and that's kind of always the way I've been about it is just knowing that the the staff and the team have their trust in me and that I'm going to go out there and do what I can and you know it all it doesn't always work out but you know if you just believe in your stuff and you trust your stuff and I mean you're you're mentally you're you're more prepared to go out there and get the job done and you know I love those situations I mean that that's why I play baseball that's why I play competitive sports it's just to be in those moments and that's why I've always enjoyed being a reliever over a starter because you're more you're you're putting more of those big moments and I mean you kind of just got to go out there and get it done I believe you were throwing a change up a lot more this spring than ever before I guess just how much more comfortable do you feel with your change up this year and what does that do for you on the mound yeah, I mean, this weekend, I, I would say it was pretty non-existent. Um, early in the in the fall and in the early spring, it was it was one of my out pitches. But, you know, this weekend, I kind of lost feel for it. But um, like I said, I had those opening day jitters as well. And, you know, I kind of just relied more on my fastball and my slider because that's what I've done uh, the past six years. Um, it's just rely on those two pitches. and um, But having that change up in the back pocket is something that, is going to help me a lot as I, as I start throwing more innings and um, have longer stints out there on the mound. You know, you already threw two outings this weekend and Meat said that when he asked you if you'd be ready to go on Sunday, you kind of just laughed at him. Just how easy is it for you to bounce back even after days you've, you've just thrown? 
Yeah, I mean, it's something something I th- I feel like that I've always been able to to mentally prepare for. Um, you know, I like being able to show up every day and having the opportunity to pitch. You know, even if my arm's a little sore, I'm going to tell him that my arm my arm feels good because I know that he wants to put me out there and I want to be out there for my team. And, you know, we're here to win baseball games. And and I know that, you know, with me out there, it's a, there's a good chance that um, I can get that that big out, that big ground ball double play or, or a strikeout when we need it most. And, um, you know, I just want to be out there as much as possible. So if it's a little soreness or something, I'm not going to let that hold me back. You guys had different um, pitching coaches for three straight years, but you get continuity continuity with Jimmy this year. Just how is it working with Jimmy, and what do you see with him working with a bunch of the other guys on staff? I think he has the uh, the perfect balance of of just kind of letting you do your thing, but kind of implementing his own philosophies behind pitching. Um, he really focuses on the mental game of baseball, which is which is something I've, I've never really had here, and he, he really hammers down on, on how important the mental side is and um, not letting little things affect you. I mean, for instance, I think uh, the sun, the second game Sunday when I came or came in and, um, you know, got, got out of the inning or whatever. And then I came back out and I gave up a hit and then walked the next guy. And, you know, before I would have folded, um, but, you know, he really hammers down on the mental side and, you know, you kind of can't let the, the little things affect you, whether it's an error, whether it's a walk, whether it's a, a base hit or, um, and that's something that, that I feel like a lot of our guys have been good at is just not just staying out of the beginning and not letting the, the little things affect us. You know, I think that's the mental side is really something that both belly and um, meat have really started to stress. I guess, do you just think that that's one of the bigger things that could get you guys over the hump in Omaha down the road? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think the, the mental part of, of baseball is just as important as the physical. Um, you know, we've had, there's been teams in the past that have, that have had more talent than, than a lot of the teams that I've been on. And I just think the teams that are, that are mentally strong and that can go out there and, and not let the little things affect them and just kind of stay out of the beginning. Um, those are, that's what, that's what can really get us over the hump. And, you know, I, you know, there are some younger guys that, that um that had some hiccups this weekend but you know that's that's the nature of baseball and the good thing about our coaches is they're going to throw you right back out there you're not going to you're not going to sit on those outings they're going to if you have a bad outing you're going to come back out the next week and you're going to be right back out on the mound because they know that's important um in the mental game of baseball is kind of flushing it and belly always tells us to be a goldfish because they have the shortest memory of any animal um and it's true. You kind of just got to let, let the little things go and just get out there and, and perform. Between the experience and talent you guys have, just how confident are you to get another chance in Omaha this, uh, later this season? Uh, I mean, it's, it's the goal every year. And, and that's something that the guys that have been to Omaha are trying to stretch the younger guys is it doesn't like the, the first 30 games don't matter. It's the, it's the last 30 that matter the most. And, you know, kind of when you get hot, you want to get hot at the right time. You don't want to start off hot and, and then kind of, kind of lose it towards the end of the season. Um, and that's something, you know, the teams that I've been on that have been to Omaha, we, we've always got hot at the right time and, and we have, we've been our best, uh, when it matters most. All right. Good stuff there from Chase and Brett. Um, one of our loyal listeners I've been told, uh, is it doc? 
Is that official? Is it Dr. Haney or what, what are we, what are we referring to him as now? I have no, I have you're no, calling him 11, 11 which is not yeah, a lot. Just no. go 11. Dr. 11, man. Doc. Doc 11. Okay. Well, Chase, thanks for joining us. And, um, Best wishes on a, a continued great 11th season here at Florida <laughs> State. So, um, yeah, uh, Brett, this FSU team looks ahead now, so we'll flip the script as well. Um, actually, but before we do that, let's let's see where we are in the top 25 rankings. I think we need to touch on that. I actually don't know. Like, is I that got, bad? I got so, all of them. I, got all I, I know we were 24th in D1 baseball. And Florida did we, State did we is, drop in baseball America? Florida State remained at number nine in baseball America. Um, Florida State dropped three spots in the NCBWA poll to number 19, and Florida State dropped one spot in perfect games to number 22. So that's where um, they're at. I don't think Coach's poll comes out for another week or two. Okay. So still in the top 25. Um, to be honest, rankings don't even matter um, in college baseball, just like college basketball. It's like it's just for marketing purposes. So um, things that matter don't actually occur until like – April, like RPI and stuff like that. So we'll keep an eye on it, though. I think, um, you know, being in the top 25, obviously, better than not being in the top 25. So um, we move forward. And one of the things that will keep you in the top 25 is another series victory. And we're looking to do that against the Pitt Panthers, uh, who it'll be a a bit of a a reunion, as it always is, because Mike Bell, former Florida State pitcher and pitching coach, is now um, at the helm of... The Panthers, I'm trying to think, is this year three? I believe it's year three, well, year two officially because last year, if it doesn't count, um, but if it does count, year three. um, It's been a couple of years, right, since we've had um, Mike Bell in Tallahassee. Drew Linder also on the staff there, and Austin Thompson uh, also on the uh, staff. Uh, Austin was a a student manager at at Florida State. I think he's the D-Ops there. So they had John Sansone, I want to say, either as a volunteer assistant or an assistant coach. Um, Sony no longer there when I looked on the website. So um, I think Devin Mazzarocco, former MLB catcher, is a volunteer assistant coach now. Cool. So, so yeah, there's Pitt. And, folks, Pitt had a rebuild um, that they needed. They had a, a head coach there for a, a really long time that had been there like 20-plus seasons or something like that, and Pitt was just never really all that good in the Big East and – um, in the ACC, they haven't made the regionals, and that's just the task that Mike Bell will have. And Brett, by all accounts, this Pitt team is going to be much improved and uh, a much tougher out than they've been in, in the past. Yeah, it seems like another veteran team coming to Florida, uh, coming to Tallahassee this weekend. Um, you know, I think Pitt just finished up um, a game with um, Jacksonville. I think a seven-two or seven-one win in the midweek. Um, you know, lost their opening game, uh, but came back and won. Um, back-to-back games over Indiana State, who's always a quality team in a, a smaller conference. Um, you know, I just think this is a team that is going to make FSU work for what they for what to earn their pay this week again. Um, you know, they'll have more talent than UNF on the mound and in, in the box. Um, you know, I think between Mike Bell's um, just his um, ability to recruit, especially in Florida, is going to start. You know, you're start, you're going to start to see some of that pay off for Pitt. You know, I think they'll still be in the bottom half of the AZC this year, but you know, I don't. It's it's no no slouch of a team. Um, it's not a team that FSU can overlook either. I think. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule from last year. They ended ten and six uh, on the year before the um, started ten and one. Yeah, yeah, like so they're in, they're moving in the right direction, man, and and they are uh, a solid team who I think will provide an uptick in talent, at least from what we saw with with UNF um, when they come down here. 
and and play Florida State. I should say they're not coming down. They're going up. Um, they started the year. Uh, I'm trying to see where they played these games. They're coming west from Jacksonville. Is that where they were? Was the yeah. neutral site game in Jacksonville? Well, they were at JU. Where were they after at this they weekend? were at Port Charlotte? Port Charlotte. Got it. Okay. So uh, yeah. So they they are right now uh, undefe- uh, not undefeated. They lost opening day to Indiana State for nothing, um, and then. They now head here. Uh, I'm trying to see if I lost their stats. I did not. That's good. Okay. So players to keep an eye on. Uh, Nico Papa so far had a solid weekend. Um, this is not including. It's got, we got it now. I just did they update? Refresh. It's hitting, Nico Papa is hitting 471. Thank you. Eight for 17 after four games. So that's pretty good, including a homer. Looks like he hit a homer tonight um, against JU. Okay. Well, I've got the wrong stats up. I think I've got a PDF file that's old, so I'll let you run through uh, some of the names. Um, Kyle Hess is supposed to be their, you know, their biggest prospect name on the offensive side of the ball. Um, third third year junior, eight of nineteen so far, four twenty one average, um, already three doubles. Um, supposed to be a power speed combo guy, kind of like a lot of the outfielders Florida State has. Um, it'll be, um, I believe. <coughs> excuse me, is he the leadoff hitter, or did we say, or who's that? Kyle Hess. I don't believe he's the leadoff. I think he's one of their uh, middle of the okay. middle of the order. But those are so just give him some names um, to um, keep an eye on. Yeah. I think Ron Washington yep. could be the power bat for them. Uh, middle of the order type of guy. Um, four homers and sixteen at bats last year. Um, none so far this year, but still hitting five of seventeen. Um, you know, Pitt looks to be a team that strikes out a bit, um, but you know they're hitting three hundred one after four games. So you know they're definitely going to make Florida State's pitching staff work. Um, uh, Riley Wash catcher is already four for twelve, hitting three thirty three. Um, David Yanni is a guy that has played a ton of games. Um, I believe you said before we got here one hundred and eighty plus games um, at Pitt. Um, you know they're he'll be their shortstop, another middle order type of guy. Um, he's at a slow, slower start of the season, but another guy that has some pop in the bat. He's got one of their homers, and then you know they're kind of their double leadoff guy, Jordan Anderson, and center fielder um, is a real speedy guy. Um, that was um, a top recruit um, coming out of high school. Um, he's hitting 231 so far, but you know he'll be a guy that Florida State needs to pay, pay attention to on the base pass um, and really try to keep him off in front of the top of the order, I think. Yeah, and then on the staff, you've got Billy uh, Corcoran, um, one of their returning guys, Mitch Myers, and Matt Gilbertson, I think, is going to be the weekend rotation for them. At least that's what it seems to be. And um, I'm just reading some of these scouting reports that D1Baseball.com did on uh, the staff in the fall. Um, Billy Corcoran, six foot seven. Okay, is that is that who pitched on Friday for them? He was there, supposed to be their Friday guy coming in. Okay, um, but pitched on Sunday this past weekend. Don't really know what's going on there, but um, you know he'll be in there this weekend. Um, real link, lanky guy in the mound. Supposedly a sinking fastball, um, low 90s, I think you'll see from him. Um, definitely a guy that could give Florida State trouble potentially if he's got some breaking balls to go go along with it. Um, looking at some other names here, um, you know, they've got a 175 ERA through four games. Um, Pitt doesn't, is not, doesn't look like they're going to, you're going to walk very many guys, 12 walks and 36 innings. You know, you're always going to walk more guys than usual against Florida State with the approach. Uh, but, you know, Bell's always been a guy that has been, you know, we're going to throw strikes. Um, and I think that's going to be what you're going to see from them this weekend where it's kind of a strike first type of thing. Um, but also 46 Ks, 2A batting average against. So this is no slouch of a pitching staff. And, I mean, that's what you would expect 
with Bell at the helm um, after what he did at Florida State in his time here. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good test for Florida State on both sides of the ball early. Um, not a powerhouse team, um, but a veteran team that's going to make Florida State work for things uh, to start ACC play. Yeah, I think Pitt's one of those teams, like, they're probably going to finish in the bottom quarter of the ACC, right? Like, that's pro- like probably, right? But the ACC this year is going to have up to, like, 10 teams, I think. 10 or 11 teams could make regionals. Like, it's, it's probably not going to be 10 or 11, but 10 or 11 will be at least solid in quality the in the mix, which means that this league is really damn good. Like, this year, it's going to be really tough. And so... um it's almost like the old SEC football, well, yeah, beat up on each other. Well, okay, whatever. Um, thanks, Vandy. But, like, you know, this is going to be the ACC this year. Like, Pitt, there's no gimme. Like, it's not a gimme. And um, that's why if they sweep Brett, if Florida State sweeps Pitt, I will be really impressed. Like, that That to me is if you win three this weekend, I'm going to come on the podcast next week and be like, FSU's really good. Yeah. Or, like, I will be, I will be extremely – um, impressed and pleased with that weekend. Give me two, win two of the three, and uh, I'll call it a successful weekend. Let's move forward. Yeah, sweep really impressive. Um, a win crucial if you want to be in the mix at some point down the road um, in the ACC standings. Um, you know, one out of two isn't the worst. It's not the end of the. It's not the end of the world if they lose this series, but you know, this is a season that they definitely. They definitely got to be it. They definitely got to, you know, work to get two wins out of there um, if they want any chance to be at the top of the standings when the season comes around. I think a serious loss is bad. End of the world, though? No, but a bottom of the ACC team at home, if it was on the road, you'd say, okay, two of three losing at home. If If you're trying to be, I guess the goal is, is Florida State just trying to be a two or three seed again in a regional, or are we trying to host one? Because, again, like, if you're a regional host or a, a national I mean FSU fans want to see a national seat again man like that's that's kind of what we're hoping for here is that this this team has a chance to be an Omaha contender um now again we've talked about all the different variables that go into making Omaha and why hosting doesn't always matter um it does help the percentages will tell you that if you look at them but uh yeah you can't lose series like this I don't think if you're trying to be a, a great a great program an elite program again where meets trying to take you um, but yeah, I think I agree with what you were trying to say, which is it's not the end of the world. Like the season's not over if you lose to Pitt two out of three. Um, but it would be it would be a major disappointment, right? Like it, it, to me, it'd be a major disappointment. So I think it's crucial when you have Virginia coming in the next week, um, you know, to really start to grow that confidence, to really start to play at a high level and and, and on that game speed. Um, you know, Virginia is going to be a tough series. Um, it's going to have a lot more talent than Pitt probably. Um, so to have a veteran team that knows what they're doing. Um, but, I mean, last time Pitt was here, they won game one of the series 10-0. to zero. So, you know, you don't really know. I, don't, I, I, think, I think at worst you go 2-1. and one. Um, A sweep, though, would be, would be really impressive, especially if Florida State showed some big improvements in the stuff they struggled in last week. Yeah, I agree with you. I think 2-1, uh, and one, we're, we're all happy. 3-0, uh, and oh, and you're – you're feeling really good. Like that's that to me is what would take out the loss against UNF, and I'd be like, "You were right. Like the, that was an anomaly. Let's keep moving forward." So yeah, I think Brett. Is there anything else that you want to touch on um, about Pitt, about this weekend, um, about college baseball being back as a whole? Um, I know. Shout out to Arlington 
and what they were able to put on this weekend, like, holy, wow. I mean, without cursing, like, amazing what, what they were able to do. 16,000 fans, like, in a socially distanced ballpark. It looked like the World Series all over again, you know, um, with, uh, with the, the Braves and the Dodgers and the Dodgers and the Rays. Like, it, it looked awesome. And um, TCU, Ole Miss, Texas Tech, Texas, Arkansas. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, like what a what a great weekend for college baseball. And I hope as we get back into normal, like, you know, normal life and things get back to normal, like we see 40,000 people watching a, a regular season um, college baseball game. Yeah. Well, first, I'll just say um, one more thing on Pitt. I mean, if you want to know how experienced they're going to be, um, I think four of the top six in their lineup will be exactly the same from when they came down to Florida State in 2019 and put up a 10 spot in game one and they scored six runs in both the next two games. So I think this is definitely going to be a test for Florida State's pitching staff. Um, and then, you know, just like you said, um, baseball being back, um, it was fun being out there this week, um, especially Sunday. Um, weather really started to turn around. I mean, all weekend it was nice weather. It was just good to watch the guys really get out there and get after another team for once. Um, you know, I'm ready to get back out there on Friday. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, one, I guess one last last note. Mike Bell has called pitches in this ballpark uh, many times, so that's not nothing. Like the guy, the guy knows the the, the dimensions. He knows meat. He, he knows, knows meat. He knows he knows some of the guys still in the lineup too. So um, he definitely knows Chase Haney. <laughs> that's uh, that, yeah. That, that, <laughs> Bell was definitely here when Haney started his career. So. Yeah, looking at this, Robbie um, Nander and uh, Robbie and Nander were the only two guys, and I think Nelly as well were the guys in the lineup uh, that are for Florida State that are still in there. Um, man, that was a tough game. One, ten, nothing. Who was the starting pitcher? Do you have the Parrish gave up three earned runs. Um, Who was it for them? Um, Derek it? West, seven innings, no earned runs, five hits, nine Ks. I think I had that. Salvatore Albert Mendoza all had two hits, and the rest of the lineup all had zero. I think Derek West was coming back from injury. I actually think I actually, actually had that call for that weekend. Um, well, nice little <laughs> reminisce. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, that that's it for this podcast. Please. Uh, Check us out, uh, Apple Pods, Google Pods, um, Spotify. We're on Twitter. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter. Um, and just ask, ask a couple of questions if you have any, if you want to email us, thoughts. It doesn't have to be questions. You can air out your concerns as well. And uh, we will uh, be in this together all spring. Uh, Sunday Golds. Brett, good work from you, man. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.